Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. And as always, I'm joined by my friend Ann DeSantis, and yeah, we're here still in the midst of our series on how to grow in faith, and uh, you know, last time we talked about the Mass, uh, and we only thought that 
if you're going to talk about mass, you got to talk about the other twin sacrament of mass, which is confession. So uh, I'm excited to do that with you all and with you, Anne, tonight on the Sewing Hope podcast. Yes, I agree with you, Bill. I'm excited about this. And hello to everyone. Thanks for joining us on Sewing Hope. I also want to make a warm welcome to those who are listening to us on CMAX TV because uh, our podcasts are now going to be featured there as well. And, and so, yeah, as you said, it's a twin sacrament with, with uh, the Eucharist because, you know, we have seven beautiful sacraments in the church. And I do think that this particular one is so healing and it brings so much to the table in terms of your relationship with God. And so thank you, Bill, for joining me together with this one, because I think it's a great topic. And I'm looking at the catechism right now, uh, the part two, the celebration of the Christ. Christian mystery. It's section two, the seven sacraments of the church, article four, and it talks about the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. And it says in number 1422, that those who approach the sacrament of penance obtain pardon from God's mercy for the offense committed against him and are at the same time reconciled with the church, which they have wounded by their sins and which by charity an example and by prayer label labors for their conversion. And I think that's important because it is all about God's mercy. Some people, um, you know, obviously this, this podcast is for Catholics because it's, it's geared for one of the sacraments of the church. But if you're not Catholic and listening to this and you don't know too much about the sacrament of confession, I would just encourage you to take a look at the catechism of the Catholic church. And as I said, we're looking at article 1422 that I just read about God's mercy and, you know, that's what confession is all about. It's about receiving God's mercy. You know, sin does exist. And when you go to confession, basically, you're get, getting that dirt off of your soul, aren't you? Yes. Um, and I think that's what it's all about, Bill. Anything to say on that? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think it's really important, especially you kind of mentioned non-Catholics in there. And um, one of the things that I think uh, is super cool uh, for, for non-Catholics is that the Bible actually says for us to confess our sins. You know, Jesus, Jesus, um, you know, actually states that that the apostles are to forgive sins uh, on his behalf. Right. In the upper room, uh, Jesus gives the uh, apostles, the bishops, the authority to forgive sins. And he actually says, you know, for the, those sins you've forgiven are forgiven and those you retain are retained. And, um, you know, that would mean that um, we have to have a public uh, confession in order to get our sins forgiven. How else do we know that? How else would the apostles know to forgive sin, especially some of the sins that are not done in public, right? Like <laughs> how mm-hmm. else, how else would you get to know that? So, so God requires us um, to, to publicly uh, confess our sins. And um, as, as one of the, uh, homilist at one time I heard a homilist talk about this and you know he, he said you know um, all the sacraments in the Catholic Church have to have a public nature to it and so for for us uh, confession actually does have a public nature to it because even though it's in a private confessional we actually speak those words out to another person right uh, and that person uh, is bound fortunately 
for I think for all of our cases by the seal of confession, which means they cannot speak that out of the confessional um, to anybody else uh, because they're doing so in the name of Jesus, right? But um, it's it's amazing to to see how the the church incorporates the public confession of sins. In other words, me going in the confessional, confessing it to another human being just by that makes it public right but also maintains that wonderful seal of confession where that person cannot say a word about what you've told them inside of that confessional and um i mean you know here in the united states that's bound by um law right like whatever is said inside the confessional you know they can't even repeat in a courtroom under um you know uh you know pressure to do so um it's completely protected by U.S. law. So, you know, you you begin to look at um, this and you see how merciful God is, right? Because previously, you know, I mean, and our Protestant brothers and sisters, I I really, you know, feel for you, right? Like, I really feel for you. You, uh, Because the Bible says, hey, you got to publicly confess your sins. It's important to publicly confess them. Well, you know, now you've got to take it to, you know, your family or um, you know, somebody you trust and, and, and talk about it uh, in order to fulfill that here in the Catholic Church, we get a wonderful grace of the sacrament that it keeps it both public and uh, the ability to keep it um, under seal so that so that uh, only Jesus knows. <laughs> well said, Bill. Thank you, because that private part of it I think when you go into that little box or you talk to someone personally, the priest, and you're confessing your sins, you know, he's acting as Christ. That's persona Christi, meaning that even though he is a human being, a man, yes, a man, but a priest, uh, when you, when you tell him those sins, I mean, he is bound to keep that uh, uh, under lock and key, honestly. And I mean, I, I talk to a lot of priests and I, I know priests just from the religious order that I happen to be working with. And, and I've talked to them about this. I mean, a lot of priests don't even remember the confessions. They're not supposed to either. Right. You know, they're not supposed to remember what somebody said or any of it. It's, it's almost like, you know, Christ just kind of takes over at that point. And what's said is said, what's confessed is done, and it's never to be spoken again. Exactly. And so that's the beauty of it. Now, there's a great mercy there, too. And that's what I just read when I went through um, reading that article from the catechism, which was number 1422. It also talks about prayer labors and for the conversion. So, you know, confession, I think, is also really and truly about conversion, because when you leave that confessional and your sins are forgiven, you know, it's a new start for you and for me. So every time you go, even if it's just venial sins that you're confessing, they're still sins, right? Uh, is that you know, you get a new start, you get a clean slate with the Lord. And so use that time, you know, use that time to grow in your faith. And the priest, a lot of times will give you some suggestions about how to do better next time. So that, that's what I like. Even if it's just one or two words, they might not say too much. They'll give you your, your absolution and then your, your penance, but maybe they might give you a word or two of wisdom. What do you think about that, Bill? Has that affected you in your uh, experiences. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you, when you talk about confession, like, you know, and, and walking in there and yeah, absolutely. It's affected, um, you know, me 
beautifully like it because because you do feel transformed you do feel like you get that fresh start you do feel all of those uh wonderful things and that that sense of conversion um you know now it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to go back to um you know perfection you're not going to achieve perfection right so that's the reason why we keep having this sacrament and you know um for for catholics too it's really important that we utilize it because uh because we are imperfect we are imperfect people I, i'm not a perfect person right um and and so going for that continual process of conversion is so important asking god to continually make me more and more pure um, is, is very, very important. Um, it's not a one-time shot, right? Like a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters, again, really do believe, okay, well, you know, you're baptized, you're saved. Well, you know, unfortunately, a lot of things can happen between infant baptism and, and when we uh, reach our heavenly home, you know, I mean, most people live, what, 80 85 years on this earth or something like that. And we can commit a lot of things, a lot of sins, right? In between there, um, you know, between age seven, which is regarded as the church really as the, uh, you know, age of reason to the time we're 87. Gosh, we can do a lot of different things uh, to, to sin and to hurt other people and to hurt, you know, God and the Lord. So um, we're called to that continual conversion process right continually converting one another and yeah i've had some great confessions where um i've really been able to pour my heart i remember one confession one time i was in the confessional for like an hour and a half and the priest and i were really delving deeply into our sins because i had the time to do so um you know the the other uh time uh you know you can go in there for five minutes and just you know quickly as you kind of said and you know the priest can just offer a couple words hey don't do this try to avoid that and move on but the reality is the grace is still there it doesn't matter whether you've had that mm -hmm. long you know in-depth counseling you know type of confession where some priests are qualified to do that as spiritual directors and and then others i remember one time in cincinnati i was in there you know the priest uh, I, I was walking around visiting cathedrals and, and whatnot. I had a day to myself in Cincinnati and I was like, Oh, there's confession. Let me go. And so I go and, um, the priest really wanted to follow the right. So it was like, you know, all the different, you know, you know, the Lord be with you and all of that kind of stuff in the confessional, which is in the right of confession. Um, and so, and so we did that. And then, you know, there was no counsel and which was fine. There was no actual counsel of, you know, the do this, don't do that, we, but it doesn't matter uh, because if absolution is given, uh, then there's not, um, you know, then, then, then there's, then the sins are forgiven. So uh, you don't have to, you don't have to stress, oh my gosh, okay. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like I had that, you know, connecting moment with, with the Holy spirit or with, or with God um, delving deep into that. Don't worry about that. The fact you went to confession and spent those five minutes in the presence of the Lord uh, with the priest, you know, confessing your sins and he gives you absolution. That means that they're forgiven. Amen. No, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm one that does frequent the sacrament often because I think it just helps me to stay close to God is really what it comes down to. Uh, the sacraments of the church, I think, are just the greatest gifts whether it be the Eucharist, you know, our vocational status, right? Myself being a married person is a sacrament as well. 
and then, you know, partaking in confession, I wanted to go back to the catechism because it says in that next article, number 1423, that it is called the sacrament of conversion because it makes sacramental, sacramentally present Jesus' call to conversion, the first step in returning to the father from whom one has strayed by sin. It's just exactly what we were talking about. It's that whole idea of that fresh start. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know, I'm Catholic, I've been away from the church, or maybe, you know, you do go to confession, but it's just been a really long time. Maybe it's been more than six months or a year or two years or 10 years, who knows? Um, it's really not as painful as, as one would think. Some people are afraid to go to confession, afraid to talk to a priest about certain things that have happened in your life or weaknesses, sins, mortal sins, venial sins. But, you know, just remember that it's trusted. When you go to that priest, he knows. He knows that he's not supposed to share anything of what you tell him about your life, about your sins. Yeah. And you're really meeting with Christ. And it is that call to a deeper conversion. And, uh, and I think that for myself, sometimes I've left confession and been like, Oh my goodness, I just feel so much better. But even on those weeks that I go, because like I said, I frequent, frequent it often, even on the weeks when it does feel kind of like uh, autopilot, it's a still a knowing inside my heart. It's a knowing. So even if I maybe uh, was only in there for a couple minutes and, and told the priest and it confessed things that went on that week that I wasn't proud of, whether it be anger or conversations that went in the wrong direction, whatever it is. It's that feeling that I was able to let that go and grow closer in my walk with God. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's beautiful. And because again, you know, faith is not a feeling. So when you step that's into right. that, right, when you step into the faith and you recognize, all right, it doesn't matter how long this is. It doesn't matter if I feel it. You know, that's precisely when God's grace really steps in, right? God's grace really steps in and says, you know what? This person trusted me with, you know, this, this weight and they gave it to me. And even if they maybe didn't feel that, you know, weight being lifted off this time at confession, they still trusted me that I did it, you know, and that's, and that's, so beautiful about confession. You know, I, I think people that maybe have been there um, or been away from the sacrament for a very long time, you know, you know, more than more than, you know, five years or so um, when when they return off and they have an emotional experience because because, you know, you're, you're being healed. The Lord is just, you know, taking all that weight off of you. And I and I actually want to, you know, mention about the healing, too. And that's that's biblical. Uh, that's very biblical as well. Uh, confession of sin has to go right along with uh, healing, and this this comes from uh, the from the Bible, James chapter five, the letter of Saint James chapter five, verse sixteen. It says this, right? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The fervent prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. I think that's right in line with what we're talking about. You know, again, confession of sin, public confession of sin to one another. That, that's what we do in the sacrament of confession. That's what all Christians are called to, right? I mean, that's biblical, right? So if you're not publicly confessing your sins to one another, um, you know, you're not living the, the biblical, you know, truth of confession of sins. And then obviously another piece is 
pray for one another that you may be healed. And that's exactly what happens in the confessional. The priest prays for us, right? That we may be healed. He asks Jesus to forgive our sins. Um, you know, and, and again, it's not the priest that's forgiving your sins. It's Jesus. Uh, so he is the, he's the telephone wire. You know, I always say that <laughs> the priest is just a telephone wire, uh, you know, and, and, um, you know, so, so really, you know, take that in, into your heart, especially if you're Catholic and, re and recognize the next sentence in that verse as well. The fervent prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. The fervent prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. So just knowing that, like, like Ann said, just going in and making that um, fervent prayer, even if you don't necessarily feel it in your heart that day, it's very powerful. I love that verse, Bill. Thanks for saying that. And I also would like to, if I could invite our audience here, um, I did a podcast series through the foundation. I represent St. Raymond and Otis Foundation with our president, Mickey Kelly, we did a four part series on the 10 commandments. And I think that that's a good reference point for some, if you want to delve into really delve into what is sin and what's not. And when you look at the 10 commandments, I think they're, they give us a very good gauge when we look at our lives and say, where have I felt fallen? And there's also some great resources. Now I don't have any of them right in front of me, but if you go online and you, you key in, you know, any type of reference for confession helpers or something like that like there there are definitely things that you can find online on different in different places of a guide for penance and a guide for reconciliation so yeah. i would say check that out but with our podcast that we did um you simply go to the youtube channel philly nonatus or it's on patchwork heart ministry too you can go uh the, the saint raymond nonatus foundation's podcast is also at Patchwork Heart Ministry, you can check that out there, right, right here on this very site, and and learn about, you know, where where are the areas that I've sinned? If you go through those ten commandments, and if you go through the two great commandments, loving God and loving neighbor as ourselves, I think that's a really good way to say, what areas of my life have I have I made big mistakes? And sometimes we make huge mistakes that are mortal sins that are very close to mortal sin, or, or maybe they're still in the serious sin realm, but they're bordering on mortal. And then we have sort of other kinds of sins that are, you know, a character flaws of ourselves that might not necessarily be sin, but it's something that we need to work on uh, to in, improve our virtue, right? And by through prayer and through practice and trying to live a more virtuous life. And then, of course, we have all those venial sins, things that we do, maybe having to do with uh, our conversations with other people um, and the way we treat one another and even things that can happen at home, at work, and that, that, that affect all of us all the time. I think all of us can fall into venial sin pretty easily without if we don't stay close to God. So that's why the sacrament of, of reconciliation is so important because all of us have the dirt of sin on our lives day to day, even if it's something very small. We all make mistakes and we all fall. So knowing that we can go back to Christ, meet with him personally, because that's what that is when you go to confession, is a meeting with Jesus Christ mm. to confess those sins as the priest is acting in persona Christi. It's not the, really the priest that's, that's listening to your sins. It's Christ. Yeah, it's so spot on. And it's so good that you mentioned the 
examination of conscience, you know, and to really go through, I mean, how many examinations of consciences actually use the 10 commandments as the guide. And so, uh, you know, finding, finding a good examination of conscience, I mean, is pretty easy these days, folks, you just go on to your Google and you search examination of conscience for Catholics and <laughs> it will pop. They have yes. for children, teenagers, uh, married people, single people, they've got them all over the place. Um, so, you know, you can even look at them on your smartphone and in, you know, the line for the confessional and, you know, being prepared to know where you've fallen short is really important too. And, you know, I, I want to talk about the other aspect of sin, because I think we often don't think about these things, um, you know, clearly, uh, we often think about the Ten Commandments, uh, which is great, but, and, and they're all sins of commission. But the sins of omission are also just as important. What didn't we do for the Lord that he was calling us to do? Um, you know, did we serve the poor? Did we help the sick? Did we do these things this week? Now, are they directly sinful that we didn't do them? No, but if you passed by somebody that you could have helped, that, that could be, you know, a sin of omission that you really have to look at uh, in your life to, and, and discern did, did I, you know, um, commit sin there by not speaking up, by not doing something to help somebody? And again, uh, there are those two aspects, certainly the sins of commission, uh, you know, thou shall not, you know, take the Lord's name in vain, thou shall not do this, thou shall not do that, uh, thou shall not uh, covet the neighbor's wife or covet the neighbor's goods. All of, all of these are, uh, you know, sins of commission. But the sins of omission are equally important. So, you know, finding a good examination of conscience, looking at that and saying, okay, how am I going to lift up um, my, myself and become a more uh, or a more authentic version of myself? Uh, as Matthew Kelly always says, be the best version of yourself. And so that really is through continual confession of sins uh, and recognition that we all fall short. Um, you know, and do you have anything to say about those uh, fr friends of ours who might say, well, I just go directly to God with my sins. Why, why do I have to uh, confess to a priest? What, what is that whole deal about? Um, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that say that. So do you have any thoughts on that? Well, obviously you and I are Catholic, Bill, right? So we have a Catholic perspective of that. And the Catholic perspective is that when we sin, it doesn't just affect me or my family it actually affects the whole body of Christ. It actually affects human society, even outside of, of the Catholic church or Christianity. It affects everybody. And I know that might sound severe or even like too, too big to even believe, but the things that we do do make a difference in the world. Everything that we do are just as virtue makes a big difference. So does vice, right? Unfortunately, and so when we sin, we are sinning um, kind of in a public way, I guess, even if we just feel like it was between us and the person that we sinned against, um, it is affecting the church and the body of Christ. So when you're going to make reconciliation, you're doing it with the church, right? And so not only are you getting forgiven from God and from Jesus, but you're also getting forgiven from the church, okay? So that's why it has to be done in the way that it's done. It's, it is, we are part of something much greater than we realize. When we're Catholic, part of being Catholic is part of being in, in a community. 
It's part of being inside of a small community and your family and your extended family, but it's also part of being a, a part of your parish community and in the whole universal church. And so if I had to say, what was that exactly? It means that it's completely public, but not in a humiliating way that we need to confess to the church. So the priest is representing the church. Yeah. And isn't that so beautiful again, that, 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 that the church's devices. I remember uh, somebody telling me one time that, you know, in the early church, like the super early church, they would actually have you, uh, you know, dress in sackcloth and ashes and stand outside of the church with a, with a board around your neck that listed the sins that you had committed. Now, I mean, that is really public confession of sin, and I'm glad that doesn't exist today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really glad that doesn't exist today, but I have to stand there in sackcloth and ashes and uh, with a big board around my neck that says, oh, here are all the list of my sins. I mean, thank you, Jesus, for uh, creating a way that we can uh, have this sacrament uh, of confession without uh, the public humiliation. And really, Christ was publicly humiliated, uh, right? I mean, he was crucified and publicly humiliated, and it's his blood that enables us to, to not be um, you know, publicly humiliated on a regular basis anyway, uh, for the majority of Catholics that have sinned. Um, you know, some, some sins, like the sin, the sin of scandal, uh, you know, the church might require or ask that person for a public repentance, and that's happened in the history of the church, where, um, you know, they can be personally forgiven for sin, um, but then the church would say, you know, you need to issue some type of public statement that says, you know, that you're sorry for this because you have scandalized so many people. Um, that that has happened in the history of our church, um, but again, for the majority and the average Catholic that's out there, um, that probably is not going to be happening to you. So, uh, just just some thoughts on you know what you were talking about too with the public in nature and, and confession of sin. Yes, that's right, Bill. Well said. And uh, I'm also reading again from the Catechism of the Catholic Church in that article. This one's a, in 1426. It's just a short statement. It says, this is the struggle of conversion directed toward holiness and eternal life to which the Lord never ceases to call us. You know, there'll never be a time while we're alive as humans that we won't need confession, okay? None of us is perfect. And sin does exist, unfortunately. And we have something called concupiscence. Now, I always have a hard time pronouncing that. But what it is, is that it's that inclination, right, towards sin because of original sin. So we have that inclination to sin, whether if, and, and, and everybody's inclinations are in different forms, aren't they? Some people are tempted to mortal sin more than other people, if that makes sense. And, and there's some people who have very high virtue because they work hard at it and because they pray and because they depend on God. So we need to continue to get to a point where I do think that you will continue to get better and better, not to say that you'll ever get rid of it, right? You're still going to have sin in your life, no matter what it is, even if it's something small. And Bill said, even if it's something that you're not doing, because sometimes we only think to ourselves, when we think of sin, we, we may think of something like, you know, the sixth or the ninth commandments or, you know, or did we lie or steal or, 
do something, murder someone. You know, you think of those really bad things that you can do that are definite mortal sins, but there's other things that happen that are sort of, you know, they're, they're those venial sins of our lives, right? It's those conversations that we have with other people where it goes in a bad direction about somebody else or we judge someone unjustly or we, like Bill said, that those sins of omission and commission, sometimes where we forget to do something good, where you know somebody needs help, but you would rather go to a ball game instead because you've got other plans. And maybe somebody says, I really need you to help. And God wants you to do that. God wants you to help if you're able to. I'm not saying you should never go to a ball game or have a good time with friends or something, you know, but there are times that we can give ourselves to other people that need us. And the sin is when we become overly selfish with our own lives that we don't want to help anybody else. Yeah. Well, well said, Anne. And I know that, um, too, that, um, we, especially when you're talking about, you know, we may, we, we never may conquer the sin in our life. Like, like we, we, we may always have that sin a little bit. Um, of course, of course, we're going to, you know, always be imperfect. There's, there's never a moment where we can be, um, you know, completely perfect, save for a baptism, right? Um, that moment of baptism and until we reach the age of reason, right, we can be perfect. I look at my, uh, you know, four month old son and I sit there and he go, you know, he's, he's perfect, right? How can you, how can you not be? Um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't yet to commit any personal sin, but the reality is, is that after that uh, time we enter into where we may have sinned, um, we're never going to be perfect again, right? Like we're never going to experience that again. And I think the reminder from scripture, again, is really important for us here because uh, St. Paul, um, you know, really talks about this, right? When he, he talks about this in this, uh, the, his second letter to the Corinthians um, chapter 12, and he talks about, uh, he says this in verses eight uh, through 10, he says, three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me, whatever, whatever sin that he was committing, right? Um the Bible calls it a thorn in the flesh. He calls it a thorn in the flesh. Um, and three times he begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So therefore, I would gladly boast of my weaknesses in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. And we have to understand what that means as Catholics. Like, you know, we, you know, we, real, we, we hear that, but what does that really mean? So grace is sufficient for us that means that god has given us grace to make it to heaven right and power is made perfect in weakness it's by offering the weakness to god right giving the weakness to god that gives us the power of the holy spirit to go forth and be christians and live and witness out there in the world satan wants us to believe that that power um or that that weakness uh, can can be celebrated like god isn't there telling us to celebrate that weakness he's saying hand me the weakness so that i can give you the power of the holy spirit and there's a big difference between that because satan will say okay well power is made perfect in weakness you're exactly right here celebrate your weakness out there in the world you know tell them that you're you know got this defect and that defect and hopefully maybe that defect will become normal in, in our society right or that or that inclination will become normal because I am that way and I can't fix it. No, God is saying, you're right. You can't fix it. 
I can, and I will give you the power of the Holy Spirit when you offer me your weakness. And what does that mean? That means continually approaching the sacrament of reconciliation, continually getting converted. It, you know, mm-hmm. on that road to conversion, it, it is, it does not mean, oh, go out there and now celebrate my weakness so much so that it becomes normal. You know, weakness is weakness, folks. You know what I mean? Weakness is weakness. Sin is sin. And we have to confess it. Um, and we have to bring it to the Lord so that he will then transform us and also those around us. I think about so many people. We have had so many people on this podcast, Dan, that have lived lives of, you know, really tough, hard sin, right? And all of a sudden they handed that over to God. They said, here's my weaknesses. And what did they do? Not only did they transform their life, but they transformed others' lives through their witness, right? So so that is what we mean by that. And I think uh, that gives us great solace that even though we're, we might not conquer this one sin of being impatient or being, um, you know, uh, whatever we name, name your favorite one, put fill in the blank, right? Even though you may never conquer that, the, you know, on this side of the earth reminder, my grace is sufficient for you. Power is made perfect in weakness. When you give that weakness to God. Now, beautifully stated because you, you made a point to say that we know personally from this podcast guests that we've had that have had profound conversions. I just want to invite people to go and listen. If you can just go to Patchwork Heart Ministry to YouTube channel or now that we're going to be on CMAX, I'm sure some of them will be up there on CMAX too, CMAX TV, CMAX dot TV. Uh, check it out because, you know, Wherever you are in that spectrum. Now, some of us, you know, there's some people who have had those kinds of lives, right, where they had a profound conversion. And there's some of us who fall kind of in the middle, meaning we might not have like had these huge conversions or major sins that we had to overcome that like we kind of let the whole world know about what it was. You know, most people have fallen into some kind of mortal sin at one time or another in their lives. Everybody, I think, has, because even if you miss mass on a Sunday, if you don't have a good reason, right? That's another one that we might not think of, right? If, if, it, if, you, if you don't have a good reason and you're not sick, if you're just continually saying, you know what? I don't feel like going. I don't feel like going. You know, some people forget that that's also a sin that needs to be confessed as well. When you're away from the church, when you turn around and say, you know what? I don't need this. I'm not going to make it a priority in my life. And so no matter where you are in that spectrum, or even if you're somebody who is pretty devoted to your faith, uh, but, you know, you have a hard time figuring out what those sins are, because maybe in your head and in your heart, you say, you know what, I'm not that bad. I don't do that many bad things. You know, I don't, um, I don't cheat on my spouse. I don't lie. I don't steal, whatever, all those kinds of sins. But how do you treat everybody? How do you treat your brothers and sisters? How do you treat people who need you? Do you gossip about other people? I mean, that's a sin I think that people forget that it's a pretty major sin. And I think that unfortunately it is in the church. I know, Bill, we've talked about this before on podcasts too, that people don't recognize that it's uncharitable to discuss other people's business and also especially to spread it around to other people about them. So just think about those things too, because it's not just the major sins that we 
automatically go to, whether it be the sixth commandment, the ninth commandment, the eighth commandment, the first commandment. Sometimes it's those in-between ones that we sort of say, well, not so bad. That's a sin too. If you think that you're perfect and you don't have that humility, your pride is the capital sin, the capital sin. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remember that that's just as bad. Honestly, that pride can be just as bad as anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this has been a great episode, Anna. And uh, just, I, I know I, I'll go back and listen to it again. So folks, if um, this is your first time joining us, uh, know that you can find all of our podcasts, um, wherever podcasts can be found in audio form. All you got to do is search for Patchwork Heart Radio. Uh, you'll find all of our podcasts. And in addition to that, you can um, also see us on YouTube now. So uh, you can follow and friend and like us on YouTube, but um, yeah, this has been a great conversation on confession. And I know uh, that there may be some people out there with questions, so don't hesitate to email us too at uh, sewinghope at patchworkheart.org. You email us sewinghope at patchworkheart.org. Uh, we'll be happy to, uh, you know, interact with you and talk with you. Of course, you can follow friend and like us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all, all of that good stuff at at hope sewing uh that's how you get to us on yes on <laughs> our on our instagram and twitter uh facebook all you do all you gotta do is search for sewing hope but um this has been so much fun and thank you so much for uh talking about confession today uh, it certainly has uplifted me and reminded me that uh i've got to go to confession too so it's been great amen and same here me too god bless everyone we'll see you next time Absolutely. So folks, from all of us here at Patrick Art Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart, sowing hope in the broken heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared. 
fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.